Help support the Hockey Hurts podcast by donating as little as $1 per month by visiting patreon.com slash hockey hurts. Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for September 21st of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Welsh. And we're in the middle of September. And I don't know. Is there anything to talk about today? Disaster Central and it's beautiful. <laughs> A lot of this podcast will be discussing the downfalls of Team USA's selection process and the appropriate results that they had in this tournament, at least in my estimation. So we'll talk a lot about Team USA. We will also talk about Team North America and whatever else we get to with the World Cup. I've, I've had, um, I know a lot of people heading into this and some still don't care about it, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm having a good time watching it. The bits and pieces I can get to see because the games run when I'm heading to work, it's just good to have a high level of, of hockey on the TV to watch. Like, I don't want to watch prospect tournaments. It doesn't interest me. This is, you know, the elite nah. against the elite. Prospect tournaments aren't my thing. I know some do, and I'm glad some people cover them for me, people like me that don't want to watch them. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somebody else can cover that stuff. That's fine. So, shall we? We shall laugh and we shall cry. Yes, we shall go well, like this now. One one thing I do want to say before I even... Because there's going to be a lot of criticism here. <laughs> um, I don't blame the players. And I want to be clear about that. I think they tried really hard. I think they, they gave it everything they had. They did. And... I'm not going to blame them for they answered the bell when their name was called to do this exhibition tournament. So, you know, my criticisms are going to lie with the executives and the decision makers, not the players. So even while I I will be critical of some of the the skills of the hockey players, I don't fault them. Yeah, they're they're put into situations. It's like trying to get a fourth liner to step up for a second liner being out. They're just not going to be able to do it. They're going to try their their, their ass off, and they're going to put their, all their heart and soul into the effort. It's not going to be the effort that's the problem. It's the fact they don't have the skill level to play in that position you put them in, and that's what happened to this USA team. So Dean Lombardi is the GM of what I would call this mess, and he wanted to do the grit and tangible we're going to build our roster solely for the purpose of beating Canada and lost complete focus of what actual things matter in this time period we're in with hockey now. They did not bring their best roster. I've heard some arguments about how Team North America is taking some of our players. Well, Team North America took a good chunk of um, Canada too. I mean, not as much, but they probably took their second best player with Connor McDavid. That's how that's, highly I think of him. That's so bizarre, isn't it? When you, you sit there and you say that, you, you get there and it's like, holy crap, he is probably the, the second best player in that country at the moment in the forward position. He's it's, taken the baton from Sid in the next two years. So, And I, I think you said on the last podcast, it could be sooner than that, really. Could be, but he wasn't. So that's excuse making. It does literally nothing to address the fact 
that Team USA did not take the best players available after the under-23 team was created. I, I, saw, a lot of people, I saw a lot of people say that, that um, the fact that you know, Ryan Kessler was the was US's best player. He I saw, saw that exchange you had. <laughs> he, he can't be their best player. Like if, if he plays at this level, there has to be other players that are better than him playing at a higher level Otherwise, you're going to lose. You can't afford to have him as your best player. That's not a negative on Kessler because he, you know, tries. Every time he goes out in the ice, he puts everything into what he does. But you're not going to win a best best be best tournament with him being your best player. No, but that was just one person's tweet. I don't think anybody truly believes that. I don't care. It's still the philosophy behind it. It's the whole, you take guys like that, like David Backus. It's just... It's the same stuff over and over and over, and the game of hockey has moved forward. So Team USA, going back to the Sochi Olympics, because it's tough for me to include the World Championships considering the caliber of team the United States always sends. Yeah. Like, there are guys that I've just never heard of that play on that team. <laughs> um, and their goal scoring is brutal. The last two best-on-best tournaments excluding the world championships. Phil Kessel had the last goal for that team until yesterday. <laughs> He's still the second tied for second in scoring on the team. I don't, it, it's a whole philosophical thing. It, it It's really funny because it, for somebody that, that likes to look at numbers and, and, and look at the way the game's moving, this is almost like justification of a regime having to, you know, take off the blinkers and have a look at different directions of what they're doing because this went against everything that analytics has told us that, of the direction that hockey's heading. And USA went, no, we're going to do it our own way. We're going to go the complete opposite direction. We talked about this before the tournament. We said this was going to happen, and it did. It played exactly to the script that many people, like, this isn't a unique opinion to the Hockey Hurts podcast. This was no. more common thought. You had lifelong USA hockey fans openly rooting against them, myself included, because we truly believe the direction that they're currently on will never yield proper results unless fluky stuff happens and i want the right process so we can because the, the development program is awesome the talent in the system's awesome it's just the the top the top part of the decision makers for these best on best tournaments is abysmal right now and they need to just gut it now i'm hoping they do that i hope they don't double down because that's also a thing that could happen three posts so. and a late goal might make them do that you know Oh, God, I was thinking that at the time, and it's like, yeah, the post, great. <laughs> You're getting walloped the whole time. The team that you built to beat the specific team was better in the areas that you were trying to be great at. Like, where was Canada's goals scored from? Yeah, all in all in time. Net front and all that yeah. toughness, and except Canada's guys – their fourth line was Thornton, Duchesne, and uh, O'Reilly. <laughs> yeah. the, the thing that's funny is that if you 
run with the theory that they, they wanted to be tougher and all those sorts of things, all those stupid words. They had more hits and more block shots. But that just means you're chasing the puck. You don't have the thing that you need to score goals. Yeah, that was uh, another one of my tweets that I saw last night. I forget. I think it was somebody from the Hockey News. Well, these USA is winning in face-offs and hits and block shots. Uh, what's going on? And it's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> they have no predictive value at all. So, so this is but this is the risk you have with Team USA's front office direction. Three posts. They want all the key markers that they can that, that you would consider that would show that you you know you were definitely more physical. You've put more heart, more commitment into it. You know what I mean? Like it's all there for them to just roll back and do it again, unless they show some propensity to going something's obviously not right here. How about we blow it up? And start afresh with a different view on how hockey's played. And they, who builds a team to try and win one to nothing? Where's the room for error? None. And you've got a goalkeeper that can steal you a game, but Maybe. can also, but can also be terrible. Like you've always said, his ceiling to his floor, that gap for Jonathan Quick is his variance massive. is outrageous. It's his variance huge. Is- it's what makes and, Henry Klunkwist so good. That variance just isn't there. Quick's not a bad goalie. It's just the the pedigree that he has for what he actually is is outrageously not balanced. Hmm. And the God, this team. The best goalie didn't dress a single game yet. I know. And won't get to start game three either. Like, yeah, I have no problem with Quick being on the team, but he should be the one up in the stands. Hey, you know that you know that second goal that bounced off Corey Perry. Mm-hmm. Quick didn't even have to play that. If he knew his angles, knew where his cage was, knew what he was doing, he didn't have to hit that with his blocker. That would have just sailed past. But all but, this stuff you hear about him, big game this, big game that. Well, those goals weren't his fault. Well, you know what? Then that second one was. Then why does it? Then why does it matter? Why does that position even matter if you're not gonna? Well, they're not his fault. Well, what is? <laughs> that that second one is his fault. If there's gave any, up seven goals in two games. If there's any, if there's any time to not let a lot let an important goal in, you've just had your lead squibbed on you, and. You get overly aggressive because you weren't happy with the fact that the, the goal before you flew past your what was it left hand post and got scored on the left on the right hand post. Like you could see, he overcommitted because he didn't trust the team in front of him. Yeah, I'm. You know, and we that's another thing that we said before. They're going to go with him, and I didn't agree with it, and. It's not to say Schneider couldn't have had a bad game, but I like my odds better. Definitely. I, I totally agree. Plus, he is, and I, it's a term that I've probably picked up from listening to other people, but he's a quieter goalie. Duchesne's, Duchesne's goal was just quick being aggressive again and opening up the five hole. And Duchesne just, thank you, and just tucked it in between his pads. And, um, you know, that goal reminds me of, like, 
people are on Dustin Bufflin for the the first Duchesne goal. Well, they did get beaten to the inside and didn't fight. For position. Do you know how hard it is to to get in like to play that carom? Oh no, no, it's really that's hard. not a natural. But if you watch if you watch that from the if you watch that from the ref cam, you can see Bufflin was was more intent on trying to hit Duchesne on the boards than he was about making sure he was in good defensive position. Now, that's that not to can... say that he couldn't have done better there, but like. Oh, I know. He's only playing like seven minutes. Like his ice time obviously was impacted by that individual play. And the fact he wasn't even in the Europe game, like they, they don't even realize the skill players they have. Petretti's playing on the fourth line. Yeah, he made that, you know, shit play off the wall that led to that goal. Yep. But who's, you scored one international goal to that point in like three or four games and your 130-plus goal scorer, one of the few you have, you're going to bench him for, what, you need more Justin Abdocator time? You know what's going to be interesting for me is that, you know, obviously Tortorella really got to stand his thumbprint. <laughs> it's the first time his... that name's been mentioned. Yeah, but you, you think about it, though. Like, he really got to stand his point of view of hockey all over this team. Now, Blaschel and, and Sullivan are two coaches that are highly regarded in regards to forward-thinking coaches and trying to allow uh, players to play to the best of their abilities. Do you think that because they are a part of this particular bunch, if, if say, Tim, you say, do blow it up, are they have they got big X's against their name because they're a part of this coaching staff? Or, or do you think the next group of people coming in would be smart enough to go, well, hang on a second, Tortorella's Tortorella. These guys probably didn't have a lot to do with it. I don't think they should have red X's just because they were part of this. If they should be evaluated on if they were in um, had some decision making power, how much of these decisions are they responsible for? And I just can't see that. And, and without being in that room and how Tortorella allocated the decision making, it's I can't know. But if Tortorella was like making most of the choices, then I don't see why you would hold it against uh, the people below him. That, that's that's how I think as well. It's I mean, a guy like Mike things. Johnston is... Or not Mike Johnston, Jesus. Mike Sullivan is... Uh, <laughs> he, he displayed how he went about things during the cup run. Exactly. And, it was and smart. that's kind of my point. And Blaschel's done a great job with the Philadelphia team as well. Really? I could have sworn that was him. Detroit. Oh, he's Detroit. Sorry. Who's Philly's coach? Begins with an H. Ha- ha- he's from North. It's Haxtell. He's from North Dakota. Yeah, and it's Haxtell. But there are options here, and um, you just have to have first. No matter how great of a chef you are, the the coach, if the ingredients bought aren't worth a damn, you're not going to make something good. So I think the more important change will come from the the executive thing. And we need to get rid of um, Lombardi and Burke and Holmgren and go in a different direction. Yep. I don't know if it will happen. We need to ask why Tyler Johnson wasn't invited. 
why Phil Kessel wasn't invited, why Kevin Shattenkirk and Justin Falk and players of that skill set were not included. Why are the Johnsons there? Why is Abdelkader there? Bacchus, that kind of stuff. They come, I think it comes down to they went, okay, we need a team, let's get a coach, and then let's build a team around what the coach thinks will will win. And you know the type of teams Tortorella puts together. You know what he puts out on the ice. Um, he's a shit coach. <laughs> visibly, it's garbage hockey to watch. And I do feel for Columbus Blue Jackets fans that it kind of sucks that the Columbus-Pittsburgh rivalry is probably going to die out over the next four or five years. Well, as long as Tortorella's there. It, it, it won't die out because him being there, he'll always whine about Pittsburgh. Yeah, but, but like but, from a competitive thing, it really looked like they were going to have a cool thing going on after that playoff series. Rivalries they're, are made they're not the going playoffs. in the right direction. And yeah, that's the thing. But rivalries are made in the playoffs. And if, if Pittsburgh and, and, and Columbus had a chance to, to meet a couple more, I just can't see them getting back into the playoffs. I could be... Well off base, but Tortorella's systems and thought processes on what wins hockey games in this era of hockey, he's past it now. Yeah, and I think the other issue here with Team USA, they were obsessed, obsessed with the 1996 World Cup team that won saying how tough they were and all that stuff. And what they really failed to, to recognize and attribute that win for is they had like five Hall of Fame players on that team. Like they had, they took their best players. Yeah, they just happened to be a particular They happened to do player. some other things too. That, and it reminds me of the Canada team that just kicked their ass. Yeah. Yeah, they can do those things. But more importantly, they're really good. <laughs> And they lost track of that, and they got exactly what they deserved. And you had people like me hate watching them, and <laughs> I, I don't particularly not proud of that. I never thought it would the day that I would be rooting against them like that. But I root against because I want I wanted that process to be blown up and exposed for how flawed it was. And is this what it was like at the before the current era of the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're, is this what it feels like to like root against your team because you want them to be that bad? They have to blow it up. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, very similar. I'm sure the Leafs fans were tired of Nonis and that stuff. Sometimes it's got to get worse before it gets better, and I think this was a, this can be a great opportunity for for Team USA moving forward. Hopefully, I don't know who who hires the executives. Team USA I, people, right? I, yeah, it's one of those things. I've said it before in the podcast. It seems that the development level is separate to the this part of the program, and that's great because, as you've said, the, the kids are coming through and they're developing, you know, high-talent players. I mean, look who, at Austin Matthews. Jesus. I know. He's who, from who makes, Arizona. Who makes the decision to, to tear it down and, and, and put it together again and – yeah, so who, who's entrusted with that? That I don't know. Hopefully that person or group of people can just take the temperature of, like, you had people rooting against you in an international event. That's, like, a really tough thing. 
Oh, and you've got the sled team picking on you as well. So, <laughs> that guy. That's that brilliant. Was, uh, that was uh, quite the tweet. Uh, I don't know if you have it. Uh, I, no, I've, I won't. I don't favorite these things. I should. <laughs> that was just nasty. Yeah, I think he yeah, said it was like I'm glad I don't have my legs because this team this team isn't using theirs or something like that. It was Yeah. It was something brutal. like it was uh yeah, I'll try and find it because it was it was worthy. It was uh it was a, it was a high quality sledge. Like I don't feel Kessel's was was great. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. But um, that one was just it was just brutal because of the the backhand of, of the disability. Oh man, I don't. Oh, I found it. Oh, did he delete it? He deleted it. Oh, really? Smart. <laughs> Damn. Anywho, Phil. Somebody else. Actually, I think Rob Rossi wrote an article. I think it's in Rossi's article. <sighs> we'll talk about Phil. We have that tweet. <laughs> Just sitting around the house tonight with my dog felt like I should be doing something important, but couldn't put my finger on it. It's just such a perfect tweet. Uh, for all it just highlights the whole process. Hey, I'm a pretty good player. I think I work really hard. I'm pretty skilled, but you don't want me, and you sucked. So, do you think he will say no the next time they ask him? I don't think he will. If there are different people in charge, he clearly cares enough to to make that comment. Yeah. yeah. Like if he didn't care, he wouldn't be indifferent. I think he really wanted to be a part of it. I think he genuinely enjoys playing for Team USA. I think he genuinely enjoys playing hockey. Yeah. It doesn't matter uh, at what level. I think he enjoys being on the ice. So. I don't know. I mean, am I missing anything else with this team? I don't want to pile on the same points over and over again but um, I don't I don't think so it's it's just funny it's it kind of felt like the crescendo of told you so finally came to finally came to the end you know what I mean it's like we everybody predicted it everybody that looks at the numbers and, and, and pays attention to any of that stuff got there and went this team is not going to do any good and they didn't oh the only other thing I'll mention this tournament was rigged with well, the groupings yes, to get was. them through, and they still couldn't do it. So I thought that was embarrassing. And, then, and lastly, I have no—I'm not going to have any patience for the apologists for this. Well, if they had those guys, they probably couldn't have beat Canada, anyways. How about Canada's not the only motherfucking team in the tournament? <laughs> How about try to beat Europe, or maybe even Czech? the next game. If you beat Europe, the Czech game matters. Oh, well. And the way this tournament was set up, you weren't facing Canada in the semis. So maybe you make the finals and get a silver medal. Are they giving medals out for this, are they? 
Well, whatever you want to consider it. You're in the finals. They're, they have yeah. a legitimate pet. Like, it's, I don't, I'm not going to have patience for the apologists. Okay. They did not take their best team. They didn't even come close to doing that. And yeah, sorry. So should we um, shift to the team that stole, quote unquote, stole players from them? Cause yeah, let's talk about them because they're good fun to talk about. <laughs> I haven't had this much fun watching hockey in a long time. Takes me back to the 90s, really. Early 90s. They are so much fun that um, I think the biggest... I don't, want, I don't know if I want to call it a surprise. Austin Matthews is awesome. Like, he's playing top-line minutes with McDavid and, and Shifley. And he looks the part, man. He does. Toronto, it's, it's great for, for them. But for this tournament, it's just fun to see these kids just go out and play. I mean... Good work by the the coaching staff to allow it to happen and not try to buckle them down, if you know what I mean. I um, he's already so strong on the wall, mm. and and to be just freshly drafted, like he, not strong on the wall, but excel, uh, added on the wall, and his hands they showed some backhand. Or in warm-ups, he was fiddling with the puck and putting it through his legs. That was ridiculous. It was almost lacrosse-like how he did it. But in the games, they go in full speed. He's got a backhand toe drag like it's nothing. <laughs> and the, the skill level with your hands that it takes to do that, whether you're just moving slow or not, like he's doing it on a, on a rush. And um, it's been great. McDavid's awesome. He's so, he's so fast. It's unreal. His so. his ability to get to top speed in like I'd say I was going to say three strides, but it's almost two strides. His, his first two strides, and there's a gap already between him and whoever's trying to to catch him. And um, in that Russia game where he just sort of walked around Pavel Datsuk on the boards and 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 set up Austin's goal, it was just like, well, okay, let's have fun watching that for the next you know 15 years, hopefully. And even better, that ref cam is, is is superb. How have they got it so much better than what it was previously? Like, I think the GoPro technology. I, I don't know. It's if that's just what advanced. I'm just assuming. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, I think that the other great thing about North America is they're proving this uh, can't defend and face-offs and all that just being meaningless and. I know they lost to Russia, but it wasn't because of any of that. It's because Russia has good players, too, and they'll make good plays. It doesn't matter how good you defend. You see those Russian forwards? You're going to defend that all game? If they've got the puck puck in your defensive zone, you're in trouble. So you just want to. It's not about defending, it's about having. (laughs) Yep. And um, they traded blows, and Matt Murray had a really bad game, in my opinion. And that's why they lost. I thought North America actually was unfortunate with that result. So, but I, I didn't think Russia didn't deserve it or anything like that. But I just think it goes to show the big concern with North America heading in. Oh, these young kids with no experience. Some of them have been in the NHL for like four years. <laughs> it's like no experience. All right, whatever. They can't defend. And, um, no, but they sure as hell can push play and, and just 
have the put puck. Up ridiculous shot volumes. And um, who doesn't want to watch that? Like, who wants to see a team sit back and pretend to defend? Even if Anybody want to watch that? Nobody wants to watch a team that's constructed that way anyway. So this, this team, I, it's a unique thing. So when people, a lot of people are saying, see, look, this is how you should build your team. And, and that is true conceptually. <laughs> yeah, 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 but you it's can't It's not going me. to quite look like this. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, instead of going with the Tanner Glass as like your 12th or 13th forward, Let's start giving more of the Connor Sheerys a look. So, so you can still conceptually do this team building. It's not going to look like Globetrotters, like this Team North America, but it's worth doing it that way to get better results. Now, just, just quickly, with the way this is all panning out, do do we have a chance of having Team North America and Canada in the final, or are they going to cross over against each other in the semi? I think it could go either, either or. way. Okay. It depends on. Well, yeah, I don't know what the tiebreakers are. Is it, let, let's say Team North America beats Sweden, and I do think they have to to move on. That that loss to Russia. Well, that loss they have to, yeah they they have to beat Sweden to go through. And I think uh, Russia can certainly beat Finland. Yeah, well, it would help if the Finns have actually played their best goalie. They did yesterday, and and he played really well. Rask. Yep. And um, Sweden's just really good. Yep, Sweden's just better. So Team North America is going to have to win against Sweden, basically. Well, it'll be actually... That will be really fun in the sense that um, they have, I think you and I would agree, Sweden have the, the best uh, defensive set in, in the in the tournament. Um, and, and to put a lot of players, like someone like Carlson, who you know is all, all, often criticised for not being any good in his own zone, not that I agree with that assessment, but... Yeah, Chelios was uh, ripping into him for that. Yeah. It will be it will be really fun to see how he handles collecting the puck and how he goes about getting the puck out of the zone when some of these passing lanes that he'll be used to using will close up a little bit quicker. So that'll be the thing that I'll be very interested in. Yeah, and he's going to probably make a few uh, errors because yeah, that forecheck's going to be uh, just very fierce and... Um, Good, and that isn't going to be an exception for any defenseman who plays against a team like that. They're all going to make some puck errors. Yeah. So oh, it's just the fact that he's so aggressive at trying to be creative in his own zone to get the puck out of the zone. It'll be interesting to see whether he um, takes a more conservative route or whether he just goes, "Screw it, I'm just going to run the gamble," and it might fail occasionally, but will benefit more often than not. But yeah, the, that defensive unit, and the forwards are certainly responsible too. Oh yeah, Sweden's a really good team. Um, they can certainly beat Canada. They can beat anybody in the world, especially with you know you get through all that, and guess what? Still got the king. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, one that's not sick. <laughs> no, and uh, he shut out the Finns yesterday, not for lack of trying by uh, Finland. They had a ton of shots and a few close calls, but, you know, Hank's Hank's Hank. Hank's Hank. <laughs> Exactly. Um, it was unfortunate with um, Ekblad, but I'm glad they're removing him. So am I, but that's also interference, the hit that actually got him concussed, you know. Yeah, Komarov did that, and then yeah. he low-bridged, uh, was it Hedman? I I didn't see that. I just remember seeing the replay of the Komarov Yeah, he low-bridged Hedman. He, he, should be, he should be suspended, really. Two, two plays hit to injure, not hockey plays. Uh, those are the kind of things that I would like to see gone. You know, if if Komarov collects the puck and then decides to run into Ekblad, he can't hit him with the amount of force that he did and probably won't hit him in the head. But the fact that he just doesn't even bother with the puck can see that the puck's gone and still tracks him down and then, yeah. And, and that's the sort of stuff that, that has to go. Like you've always said, I think, through this entire podcast, um, a hit should be about collecting the puck fundamentally and if you go for a hit that's not about collecting the puck and you get it wrong you need to go and go it's got to be that way now with the head injury stuff yep so well the nhl are apparently getting you know more concussion spotters in there so for a league that's saying there's no link um they're certainly going out of their well, way to... They, they, they got to keep that front up until the lawsuit's over. Otherwise, no, they're going to lose a lot I, of money. I realize I'm, curi- I'm curious that. to see what happens post-lawsuit. But at the moment... Until then, you're still going to have Batman saying there's no link, because what else is he going to say? I know how stupid it sounds, but... I get... No, no, no. You're, you're exactly from a court right. standpoint, I mean... What? Yeah, you can't say... If, if he yeah. says anything, and you're talking billions of dollars, and he has a responsibility to the owners not to do that, and I'm not excuse-making for it. They should have been on top of this from the get-go. It's not oh, like exactly. this is super new information, but, you know, you, I think we just all have to understand that the language coming from the league is going to... Well, it can't alter until... Look the, the way it is until that cases put down still frustrates the hell out of me though <laughs> yeah absolutely so uh, I, uh, uh roberto luongo just tweeted out something about kessel that's funny well they're kind of two peas in a pod well yeah they take a lot of shit for being good yep so um any um anything else in this tournament that you've seen that worth mentioning? Um, no, not not really. Like I said, I I get to watch the the first period of the the eight o'clock games, um, and that's all I get to see live. And then I'm sort of trying to patch everything else in. So, um, it's been fun to watch it. It'll be nice when the games are over and I can start watching stuff through NHL.com again, because then I can watch replays. Um, but yeah, it's just been good to watch quality hockey. And as much as we, as much as we, you know, have just bagged the hell out of Team USA, it's still been good quality hockey to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just can't find myself on the side of ripping on it as, if, as an exhibition, meaningless, and 
I like watching hockey. These are the best players for the most part that the sport has to offer. So why do we watch? I would say for stuff like this. Yep, exactly. I know it's a fabricated moneymaker. Guess what else is? Professional sports. They wouldn't do it if it didn't make money. No, that's exactly right. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. So that's where I am with it. Mm-hmm. I like coming home from work and having a three o'clock game on. Yeah, I'm not getting up at, at three a.m. for these games. No, I don't blame <laughs> you, but it's 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 there, and then you have the night one, and no, it works perfectly. Like I reckon it's brilliant. Like, fundamentally, for for the East Coast, which is uh, of the states, which is basically who this is pandering to, um, it's it's brilliantly done. But they've been pandering to Sweden. They've been on the afternoon game every every time, three p.m. So oh, it works probably eight ish for, for them. Yeah. Good so point. that's that's been working out. So it's just it's just funny that this was all set up straight on ESPN to try and get the American audience involved. Now America's out. Are you watching it on ESPN? I know you said you were having trouble. Um, I get whoever I can get. So I've had. Have Steve you had Levy. any of it? I've had okay. Steve Levy and Barry Melrose, and it's an interesting uh, journey through the game with Barry Melrose. I can tell you now. I was going to say, do you have any thoughts on the, on the broadcast? <laughs> I, love, I love Steve Levy's voice. Like, I, I grew up watching hockey when I when I did get it occasionally on TV with Steve Levy calling the games. Him and Gary Thorne were the, the two guys that, that, that I heard, you know, hockey games called to. Um, but Barry Melrose is from a complete other era of, of hockey, and what he thinks matters is, is long gone now. Yeah, I mean, they need to stop acting like it's a buddy cop film and just call the game and stop. Like, I don't want them to not have, like, fun banter, but it's, like, almost over-the-top joking around with it, I guess. Does that make sense? It, it does. And I, I just, I don't know. I just remember, you know, Gary Thorne and Bill Clement calling games and, and stuff like that together, and they had a great rapport with each other. Butchigross just tries to come up with fancy names for things and it's like you They're don't not have, fan- fancy. You don't have to read Middle school's fancy. Do you know what I mean though? Like you don't Ramalang a ding dong or whatever the fuck he's coming Deltoid, up with. Deltoid save. Like it's it's a shoulder save. You don't have to use the freaking um anatomical term for the shoulder. Fair criticism. Doc does words that don't need to be done too no 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 you don't have to reinvent the wheel as a play-by-play guy it's your job to tell us what's going on and give us the feel of the flow of the game just bob call the shit out of it and people will be happy yeah that's true all what look this is the thing obviously pittsburgh fan and, and I, I like the way mike lane gives a feel for the game but there's a few of the radio um broadcasts like um oh, who's the guy that does carolina he's brilliant Forslund. Um, Forslund, I reckon he's brilliant. Um, Dave Schrader, he's brilliant. Um, yeah, and hopefully his health stuff's going good because yeah, I really enjoy him. Yeah, calling exactly. Game. Um, his partner in crime in Dallas, Dale Ray, I think he's great. He's got a good sense of humor to the game. Who was he, the other Dallas guy before Strader, though? He was really good, too. Why yeah, can't I think of his name? No, I can't either. But when you get there and you hear the word corpulent rebound come out of a commentator's mouth... <laughs> 
you know someone's just poking fun at everybody else. It's a brilliant term that he likes to use. Um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. I get what ESPN were trying to do with the coverage of, of the sport, but is the general fan in the States now just not going to not gonna care? Because that was the whole point of putting it on ESPN, was to have the general fan have a look at it and go, oh, the States are playing Canada. This game matters. The States well, aren't going to... I think with... To be fair to ESPN, they haven't had hockey in forever. I know. And this tournament kind of popped up out of nowhere. True. For the most part. They're not yeah. going to invest in hockey broadcasters to to cover this. So they had to go in-house. Steve Levy does have a history of doing play-by-play. John Butchergrass, even though they pretend to throw him out there for the college stuff, he does not. And I don't think he's very good at it. I don't think he's the worst out there, but he shouldn't be one of your flagship guys. But once again, he is because it's in-house, because they're not investing in into that position. Barry Melrose, he's not a color guy. In fact, he's I don't know where guy. his place is in most of this right now. Look, um, he still has the mullet. That says enough, doesn't it? I'm fine with that, but... Like um, a, a tweet I saw last night that I actually retweeted from Mike Shope. He's a, he's a radio guy in Buffalo that sometimes I, I catch their show. I love how Barry Melrose thinks this is Team USA not trying. A player, a coach, an analyst for decades, and he can't see it. Well, I saw that tweet. Maybe that's because you retweeted it. I saw that as well. I thought, that's perfect. That is exactly right. It's not an effort thing. It's a not a, they're not good thing. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, Kevin Weeks, eh, I think he's a good broadcaster, but I don't think the content's that great. Yeah, but if you compare him up against... He's like very professional and very good. Sounds great. But he's vanilla. He doesn't want to upset anyone. It's it's blah. I don't learn anything. Good good broadcaster, but I don't learn anything, so is that kind of an oxymoron? Well, considering that we were saying don't try and reinvent the wheel with the play-by-play guys, it might be, yeah. So I've never gotten much from from the things that he says. And, and there's so much misinformation this, being thrown I, out there. I, I will say this. They weren't Pierre, so... No, and, and hey, that's a step up, man. That's the basement floor. Pierre is the basement. So all the... All the things that I'm nitpicking right now, I think you summed it up best. It ain't Pierre. So, and the intermission is not Millberry. So there's no, that. It's still two old guys. No, just... I did. I did. I really enjoyed Brett Hall. He doesn't care. Not... That's what I was about to say. He just doesn't care. He. Yeah, he he didn't hide his thoughts about this current version of Team USA. So I I enjoyed that. Chelios, I don't does nothing for me. It's talking like, about how Carlson's a bad def- like whatever. Because Carlson's not the type of defender he was. That's that's what that comes down to. It's not to say Carlson's like an elite defender, but they people keep talking like he's deficient, and it's just not the case. I tweeted out the Corsi against per 60 the last three years. One was Carlson at around 55, 
And the great Shea Weber, who everybody would consider to be a great defender and physical. He was at 58. So, I mean, and guess who was on, guess who's on a better team? Yeah. Those are raw statistics, not even relative. So why isn't Shea Weber better on a, on a great quote unquote defensive Nashville team? And Carlson on a dumpster fire Senators team has better defensive numbers, raw numbers. So it, riddle me that. It, it, it's the problem with, the numbers they at start they're disproving uh, narratives more so than proving narratives. Does that make sense? And people yeah. don't like being told that they're wrong, so that's why but people again. discount them. And and that's that's why until un, until these things get accepted in the delivery systems of the viewing of the games, they're always going to be a fringe element of the sport. But again, it's not Millbury. True. Once again, basement floor. NBC, <laughs> what a shit job NBC does. Um, some other things about the ESPN broadcast. I think there's potential for that tracking stuff, but they're just they're not they're not using it the way that they're not tracking stuff that's important. People like that's myself would want. I want to know the gap control. I want to yep. know that how much distance on average Shea Weber or. Um, Brent Burns or any of these players, how are they doing shutting down those entries? And if they're shutting down those entries, why? And you can probably point to the distance between the forward and themselves going through the neutral zone. Instead, I'm getting miles per hour on plays that it's like, all right. I mean, I'm not mad that they have that information. I'm mad that that is the pinnacle of how they're using it. The best thing would be for that information to be, uh, available online. I thought I read that they were going to make it available, but I've not seen anything. No, but it's it's one of those things where the the um I wanted to try and watch one of the games on delay, right? And I didn't know what the score was. I'd actually tried to stay off Twitter, and then I, I um got onto. I accidentally opened up the NHL app and. The, because they had the record of the teams underneath it, it told me who'd won the game. And it's like, it's simple little stuff like that that the NHL can't get right. How are they going to get something that delivery-wise would be very complex right in regards to giving you the ability to check that information out? I just can't see it happening. The most happy I been with ESPN is having the theme song back. Yes, I think everybody's down with that. I think at, at one chunk of time, that was my uh, ringtone. Time? Yeah. yeah. So, it uh, it's a perfect uh, it, bumper music to come into it and uh, it, very nostalgic and it was great to, to have that. So, um, you know, this it's been a nice September. For somebody that tries to write daily, this has been a nice thing for me because like we said the prospect stuff ain't for me I don't think you can take anything from those tournaments for the most part I think the only people at least I'm not going to pretend in my writing that you can Yeah, well it's, it's one of those things where I think the people that would get the most from it would be those that write for AHL teams because these are the players that are going to fall back down into your lap when they don't make the roster it's not a useless thing these prospect tournaments it's just i you know jake gensel for pittsburgh had a great one and um i think that's very good obviously he's one of the the prospects that they think highly of that can 
probably contribute offense at the NHL eventually. But he's going to be at training camp. I want to see how he's doing against that. Where is he compared to that? Not where is he compared to guys that are never going to play. Does that make sense? It does. No, no, no. It does. I know what you mean. So, trying to think if there's anything else. No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think we both think that Canada will most likely win it. Um, uh, they're they're the favorite, but Sweden's great. I think North America could could zap them. I, I, I want to. I think Canada I think I North want America. Canada North America at some point because yeah, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to see that as the final. To be honest, um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, a, a Canada Sweden final would be great. And it, it is one of those things where if, if Canada have to play Sweden or North America in the semi, that's a losable game. And it oh, would, it, it absolutely is, especially it, in a one-off. But that, yeah, you and, know, you wouldn't fault Canada's process. No, but that's extent. I mean, Shea Weber is there, but. <laughs> It would be, you know, what it would be, it would be so hilarious. Not on the scale of USA. Not on the scale of Abdulkader. Um, it would be hilarious if they lost on a Shea Weber era. Just no, to. I'm not, I'm not rooting for him to. Do no, that. no, no, no. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not. PK and Latang and, and those guys are there, and it's like I'm not rooting for him to screw up. It would just be hilarious if you get there and you go. Team USA was what Team USA was. Shea Weber does something that costs Canada a chance to make the final, and then the kids beat the Swedes. It would just be hilarious, that's all. Yeah. I guess the only last thing, and I'll just reiterate, I'm not blaming the USA players. I think I think they did the best they could. Um, at, at, I, any, I, at any point did you think they stopped trying that they weren't giving 100% because I certainly didn't in the bits and pieces no, that I saw it was a skill based Ish. thing yeah. um, and I love USA Hockey and me rooting against the, the national team in this tournament was because I, I, I love uh, that I grew up playing in it and that I've coached it and I think that the things they do for the kids across the country that play are amazing. And I think that the, the, the players that eventually are good enough to play for the, the, the top men's team deserve better from the decision makers. So I was just trying to be vocal with my discontent. They will support this team moving forward when they get their shit together. Well, you, you have to, if, if no one voices the disapproval, then they think they're okay. So he's got to get vocal and hope that, you know, it trickles up. So with that said, I am still covering Canada for for the World Cup at Hockey Buzz. I also have Pittsburgh stuff as always. Uh, You can visit patreon.com slash hockey hurts to donate to the podcast. You do not have to. That is voluntary, but can be done for as little as one dollar per month. And thank you to those that are doing so. So I guess that's it. Next time we talk, we'll probably be talking about a champion of this tournament, and maybe there'll be some changes to USA Hockey in the meantime, maybe not. And (laughs) we'll have some training camp stuff. And, you know, I won't promise it, but 
maybe some divisional previews for for the 